श्री गोरी वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाए श्री श्री गोरा की जाए गौर नित्यानंद की जाए श्री श्री राव जी गोपाल की जाए गौर भक्त वृंद की जाए गौर प्रेमानंदी As I mentioned, we'll read a little bit from the uh, Friends Forever, uh, Sakirati and Uttam Bhakti, Work in Progress, and uh, reading from a section that is a retelling of the Sakiras Leelas of the Bhagavatam, beginning with the twelfth chapter of the tenth canto. Orunayrage Pindar Upare Shringa Bajhai Balaram Bhaire Bhaire Dhak Dhaki Gojana Tolaya Nidrita Tatake Sham Tamate Gagane Udaya Samane Samaye Navina Niradjana Vichitra Shayane Gokula Nandana Santushta Kore Shayan Yashoda Vadane Sinchi Jala Tia Mukera Sondaya Pia Bhattu Narma Shaka Krishna Koranadi Thake Jagai Boliya Utta Are Kana Tumara Nayana Kulia Guma Chadia Sakala Gopala Vane Jati Chai Esho Amadir Priya Deko Ki Sundara Arunima Kale Kale Sevaka Seva Ishwar Jagathera Bhandu Ahanghara Gatta Nitai Sachi Nandan Bar He Kana Balai Eka Songe Chai Bane Bane Saradin Jabpo ko bhaddane jamuna pulline ko sevane chintahin. Haramogubinda amara jugula kupinayana biraham. Chokhe ashrihin khandi khandi bale kobe eto pavoham. Before the new sun, on a raised platform, Balaram blows his horn. At the call, Bhaire, the cowards rise and Sham sleeps on. Like a fresh rain cloud in the coppery dawn sky, the joy of Goku lies content on a colorful bed. Yashoda sprinkles his face with water, drinking the beauty of his visage. The young Brahman, Madhumangal, Krishna's dear friend, shakes his hand and wakes him, saying, Hey, get up, Khan. Open your eyes. Quit your sleeping. All the cowards want to go to the forest. Come, dear friend of ours. Behold how beautiful in the glow of dawn our Sebaka... Excuse me. All the cowards want to go to the forest. Come, dear friend of ours. Behold, how beautiful in the glow of dawn are Sevaka and Savya Bhagawan, friends to everyone, 
false ego gone, the blessings of Nitai Sachinandan. O Kanai and Balai, let's all go together to the forest. Let's, I should say, let's all go together from forest to forest all day long. We'll go to Gobardhan and Jamuna, carefree in Goseva. Hey Ram, Haram Govinda, my dear divine couple, apple of the Gopi's eyes. My eyes are devoid of, devoid of tears, but I cry. When will that day be mine? The daylight hours in the life of Ram and Krishna's coward friends begin with the sound of Balaram's horn. Ram, glowing like a confident full moon that never fades, even as the night ends, stands on a raised platform against the copper sky just before the sun peaks above the horizon. Surya, that is, waits for Ram to herald the new day as the sound of Ram's horn calls the cowards to assemble and endless dreams longing for cowherding throughout the forest of Braj come true. In Braj, there is waking and dreaming consciousness, but no dreamless sleep. And therein, waking and dreaming manifests not unto unto themselves, nor within the fourth all-encompassing dimension of consciousness, Turiya, but rather in the fifth dimension, Turiyatita Gopala. So says the Gopal Tapanishuti. But I digress. The merciful Srimad Bhagavatam opens the lotus of its Sakirati center in the twelfth chapter of its tenth canto at daybreak on a special day during the final sequence of the coward's childhood, Seish Kumar. Friendship begins at this age, an age centered on friends rather than on parents, just as romantic feelings begin at puberty, as one's lover becomes one's center rather than one's friends. In this section of the Bhagavad, Sakirati bursts, blooms and blossoms with unequaled enthusiasm as it takes center stage. Plans were made with great excitement the night before to rise and depart early for the forest. Taking their breakfast with them, Krishna and his friends planned a picnic. As such, it is a wonder that on this night they slept at all. Krishna rose uncharacteristically early without being called by his mother, who was busy preparing a picnic brunch, the picnic brunch. He then accomplished two tasks at once. With the sweet sound of his horn, not waiting for Balaram, its vibration causing ripples in undifferentiated Brahman. The two tasks, he personally woke the calves and signaled for his friends to come to Nanda's courtyard. This is the opening section of this uh, section of the Leland narrative, just a few paragraphs. Give you a sense of the spirit of how this section is uh, being written. And um, this again is the uh, Sakiras center of the 10th canto of the Bhagavatam. It's the beginning of the narrative 
of the Agasur Leela. And as mentioned here, and at this age, Krishna is in the final, final portion, Sesh, final, means final, of his Kumar Leela. And at this time, he's been allowed to herd the calves. Allowed to herd the calves, the statement itself uh, brings to light the tension between Vatsalya and uh, and Sakyabhav that is very uh, touching and um, highlighted in this uh, narrative as it is throughout all the Goswamis, Lila Grantas. With regard to Krishna's departing for the forest every day, hmm? that means to say that the Vatsalya sentiment wants to keep him at home, hmm? and the Sakyaras sentiment wants to take him out and get away from the parents, and they be free from being overseen and restricted by the protective um, eye at an age when they feel there's no need of protection. They're, they're, they're on their own two feet. They can run now. <laughs> they're no longer crawling. Right? And dependent. They can dress themselves before they fight with their with their with their mothers to some extent when they try to dress them. Not really opposed as much to that, but with the eagerness to to burst out uh, into the uh, into the courtyard of Nanda Maharaj. Typically, as is mentioned here at the onset, uh, through the, the, the Bengali poems the poem song we sing every day in the morning at, uh, in Madhavan for Daji Gopal. <clears throat> um, typically to the sound of Balaram's horn. The way this Salila begins in the Bhagavad, however, it's a special day and Krishna is rising before Balaram and blowing his horn. Um, but uh, at any rate, the calling of the cowherds from their own homes to the courtyard of Nanda Maharaj is a, a, uh, a daily affair, and it is that sound of the horn that is uh, uh, nourishing and causing to flourish their their staibhav of sakirati, such that, as they say, they want to get out of the clutches of their their mothers and uh, into the courtyard of Nanda Marasha. There's uh, quite a bit of, of tension. And with regard to the uh, uh, Leela itself that's being described, this particular day that uh, characterizes this period in Krishna's life, um, it's uh, uh, especially so, the tension between Sakya and uh, and Vatsalya because Krishna is beginning now as a cowherd uh, and not even as a cowherd but as a, a calf herder this is beautifully uh, described in in the work of uh, in the Gop- Gopal Champo of 
Jiva Goswami. And um, he depicts Krishna there as for some reason unbeknown to Nanda Maharaj, Krishna and Balaram avoiding his father. Hmm? And calling on his father at times that just previously he would call on his mother. Hmm? Now he's calling on his father. Hmm? Um, more aware of himself and his boyhood and so forth. And then he uh, begins to avoid his father and instead he's found to be hanging out with his uncles. Hmm? They all have Batsali Rasa with, with him, but the intensity of the Batsali Rasa goes from Nanda to, or excuse me, Yashoda to Rohini to Nanda Maharaj, then Upananda and uh, the other brothers and so forth. So um, they, the elders, the uncles, are very much pleased to have Krishna's company on a more regular basis in these early days as his he's moving from childhood to boyhood because they don't get as much of an opportunity. Hmm? And the reason that they're getting the opportunity is because he has something on his mind that it would be difficult to bring up to his parents, but the uncles, so happy to have his association, they're willing to entertain the thought. Hmm? And the thought, of course, is that I want to herd cows. So, as I said before, Krishna has three identities in Braj. He is the son of Yashoda. This is one identity. Hmm? And this is centered on the Kumar Leela. And then he has another identity. It is, he's a coward. And the third identity, he's the lover of the gopis. Hmm? The Bhagavatam is showcasing these three different mindsets of Krishna. Or said in another way, different, um, different modes of affection that, that, uh, speaking from the point of view of the ashraya element of the vessel of love, the devotees, hmm, that he, as the object of love, corresponds with. Hmm. So, you can imagine, just like uh, in in postmodern movies, it was popular to uh, take a subject and then look at it through the lens of different people. Hmm? Right? Um, so, the, 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 the drama of Krishna Lila is being viewed through different lenses, through the Dasiras, Sakiras, Vatsaliras, Maduras, and Krishna's appearing slightly differently. And as I said earlier, different qualities of his many 64 qualities, Anasita Bharupa Goswami, Jiva Goswami cites even more in Krishna Sandarva. But um, certain qualities will be stand out more to one rasa than to another. And so, um, so um, in his He's just at this point now, he's transforming from Kumar to Poganda. Although Poganda is, is the central age for Sakirasa, as I said earlier, the 
lens through which he's viewed in Sakyarasa extends down to the final portion of the sage, uh, sage of Kumar of the, of the childhood age, which is being described here in Agasur Leela, hmm? and to the beginning of, the, of his Kishore age, or the, really the middle, in the middle of his Poganda, the, the adolescent tendencies in terms of his romanticism begin to um, make ingress into his uh, boyhood. And of course, their uh, uh, love for him relative to his, to, relative to his age extends uh, well into Kishore, especially for those boys who have um, service to the divine couple Radha and Krishna, Priyanarmasakas. So, it's a beautiful uh, um, uh, thought um, because the romantic sentiment is focused exclusively on Krishna's Kishore Leela. The Vatsalya sentiment is focused exclusively on Krishna's Kumar Leela. But in Sakiras, we appreciate we're focused on all the ages, <laughs> you can say. Down to Sakya, as Prabhupada said, Aho Bhagyam, Aho Bhagyam, Nanda Gopa Bhajokasam, Yan Mitram Paramananda, Sun, uh, what is it? Purananda, Purna Brahma Sanatan. So it is pervaded by, by Sakya Rasa. Um, another way, of course, to talk about it is the fact that, as I said, in, when the Sakya Rasa is bundled, with Vatsalya, then it's bundled with Sakya, uh, with, uh, with with sometimes with with Dasya, and it's also in another group mixed with Madhurya. So it's 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 uh, present throughout the entirety of the sentiments that make up the Brajalila. Dasyaras, of course, is also there, but in ninety nine percent of the cases, the dasiras is is tinged by sake. You have sake tinged by dasya and 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 sakya and dasya bundled with with uh, with sakya. In the case where the, in the latter the, the, the dasya is prominent. So it's it's uh, um, you can't get away from sakya rasa in Braj is the point. These are the kind of things that those who uh, have this ideal that comes to their mind. They find ways <laughs> to to to, to uh, uh, emphasize the speciality, hmm? the extraordinariness, the bestness of their own sentiment. This is the subjective reality. Twice in Chaitanya Charitamrita, where Mahashay uh, Krishna Skaviraj Kosami makes his case from his Madhurya Rasa vantage point that Shringa Rasa, the Romantic Rasa, is the best and therefore we call it Madhurya, he says, sweet. So he's, from a point of view of Rasa Vichar, trying to be objective, but speaking from his own (laughs) perspective at the same time, well, a good objective case can be made Obviously, for the, uh, the fullness of the, uh, of the Madhurya Rasa, 
um, and he's making it and making it from his own um, heart's felt uh, uh, experience and so forth. Nonetheless, each time he does it twice, he steps back for a moment and, it's, and, and, and underscores the the reality of the subjective um, um, perspective, the, the supremacy, I should say, of the subjective perspective within the brudge. That means he says, but for each devotee, hmm, their sentiment is the best. Objectively, we can say, Madhuri Ras is the highest. But that, and Sanatana Goswami makes this point in Bhagavad Bhagavatamrita beautifully. He says, but this is really only for the material world. <laughs> That's only for, or for like teaching about it. Because that sensibility that one is best, hmm, each one thinks theirs is absolutely the best without dismissing any other one. They just think, I'm just so fortunate. Hmm? My relationship with Krishna is like this, and it's the best, and their subjective uh, immersion in that causes them to see it and find ways to explain it if you wanted to, to talk to them. Hmm? But the point is that they're all the best, and they're really all the best. Hmm? But for teaching, then there's some... Make, make some. After all, to teach, you have to step back and be objective. This is the hallmark of academia, right? Like science. Hmm? And uh, uh, to be in, in, in academia, you have to be objective. A fellow told me that, or he made a point that the, that the in Kali Yuga, the, 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 the present time, the PhD is the Danda. Because with the PhD, then people will listen to you. And the point of having the danda is that, with the people previous times, is that people would take notice of you and listen to you. Hmm? I didn't agree with him, actually. He was a householder, <laughs> he was an, and he was an academic, a PhD. Um, my thought was. With the PhD, the very heart of what it means to be a sannyasin in terms of a sannyasi ministering to the public and teaching hmm, is absent because you, you cannot express your heart in the academic world. You have to put it, put it, put it, close it down. You can't. You have to be objective to the material. You can't be subjectively plugged into it or it loses its, its dryness, <laughs> <laughs> its staleness, and so forth. It, it, it's, it's, it's like trying to like bring it all down to one, one dimension, take the heart out of it, and so forth. So it's a very restrictive position, actually. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so, at any rate, um, yes. So, what was the point? So, uh, with feeling, mm, uh, the feeling rules. It's a heart over 
over mind, uh, heart over intellect. I often say we should we have to learn how to use our 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 head to do what to soften our hearts. This is the idea. Mm-hmm. This is the place of the head in in the culture of bhakti rasa. Use the head to soften the heart. Mm-hmm. So in Braj, or in the Paravyom, everyone feels, and everyone is right, that their sentiment is, is, is the best. Hmm? So this is just like one of the ways you might hear someone in Sakya making the case. And Sakya touches all the rasa. Krishna is, Krishna is, a, is, is the son of Usoda. He's a, he's the, he's a coward boy. He's a, the lover of Radha, and, and in all of these situations, we have our opportunity to participate. Poor gopis, they only have Krishna and Kishore. Hmm? How can they? How can they express their romantic sentiments until he's become a Kishore? Hmm? In the Prakat Leela, the manifest Leela, it's it's there, but it can't come out until the the sequence of the Leela plays out. They become of age and Krishna becomes of age and so forth. Meanwhile, he's just getting up off of his off of his hands and knees and just starting to walk and immediately wants to herd cows. So, anyway, an arrangement is made and so, so that he can herd the calves. He's hanging out, Krishna and Balaram, with his uncles and his father starts to become suspicious. Why is he spending all of his spare time with his uncles now instead of with us? So he approaches his brothers, Nana Maharaj, to kind of ask what's up. And of course, they know what's up. And they've been entertaining the ambition of Krishna that he felt comfortable to share with them because they're so overwhelmed by the opportunity to spend more time with them that they're ready ready to, um, to to entertain it and encourage him in it hmm, in ways that his father is not, certainly his mother is not ready to entertain him, the, 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 those, those thoughts hmm, that he will go to the forest all day long with big cows hmm, from, from early morn until the sun begins to set. It's just, it's just there's no place in her mind whatsoever that, 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 that he's ever going to be, be older than, than uh, grow out of his, his, his Kumar age. Hmm? Of course, I should mention in this with regard to the ages that, the, that in, 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 uh, uh, in the excellences of each of the ages, the excellences of the Kumar age are carried into the Poganda age. And the excellence of those two ages are carried into the, the Kishore age. That's why it said the Kishore age is the fullest. Hmm? But it's not, although there's some difference of opinion. Hmm? Karnapur likes to think that only, only the Kishore age is manifest in the Paravyam. But Sanatan, Jiva Goswami, uh, Rupa Goswami, hmm? um, later Valdivijabhusan, all see 
differently. That each of these ages are in the leelas relative to them, relative to them um, that ex- that are played out during those periods are all available within the Paravyam, within Golok. They're like prakash is the word used. They're like a, like a, like a sections, like like windows. Here, you see, when the Leela manifests in this world, it's more like the way things play out in this world. You grow up, you change, you leave your childhood behind, it's just there in pictures, but it's gone. Dehinosmindita dehe, kumarum yuvanam jaratata. Dehantura prapti is supposed to be not be bewildered by that there's a changing of ages of bodies so to speak hmm? and once you've uh, uh, once you've hmm, you know there's a song and the ponies go up and down and move around and what's how that go and you can't can't look back we can't go back we can't return we can only oh I can't remember now. So it's a beautiful song and the seasons go round and round and the painted it's about a carousel painted ponies go up and down and the kids are riding on it and we can't return we can only look behind from where we've come and go round and round. It's a Joni Mitchell song from a long time ago. We can't return. We can look back from where we've come and, and go forward. So this is the material life, right? But but um, so when the Leela from the Par of Yom comes here and plays out, it's much more similar to to our lives. Hmm? and more kind of linear, if you will, in the way it expresses itself. Whereas in the Parkat Leela, every moment of every Leela is accessible. Hmm? And some devotees may live, live in, 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 in one moment of one Leela. Uh, we can ask him, if we're bold enough, open on the Bon, bon Maharaj is coming, and his, his guru, Bhakti Hridai Bon Maharaj, who is a godbrother of Prabhupada, I was told many, many years ago at his moth in near Madan Gopal, um, Madan Mohan in, uh, in Braj, in Vrindavan, that Bon Maharaj saw himself hmm, as entering the Leela at, in the, during the Brahma Muhurta in, 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 uh, um, Deha, Manjari Deha, and always Remaining in that Leela. That one Leela, the waking of Krishna, Radha and Krishna at dawn as the peacocks cry and the parrots speak and so forth. Whether that's accurate or not, I'm not sure, but um, what everybody they said it. But the point is that the possibility exists. Do you understand? That's why I was saying before. Sounds like if you hear too much about the prak aprakat lila, which not too much is said about, but it, it seems like the people aren't whole. Hmm? 
kind of they have a part here and maybe it doesn't play out anywhere else and, and only a certain aspect of of a, of what might be an entire personality as we see it here will be their their entire personality hmm? in that forever and, it, and it's point being never and it's never they never tire of that and let me not to be the case for everyone but the point is that the that every section of the Leela, every every prakash is available to participate in uh, all at once. Um, something like we see in the Dwarka Leela of Krishna. When Krishna went to Dwarka and Nard was in Dwarka and, and he and he went to see Krishna and Krishna was getting married to the queens and he went into one palace and there was Krishna marriage with Rukmini and then he went to the next palace and there he was marrying Satyabhama in each palace at the same time all of these prakashas were going on each one different every time Narada would come in Krishna would say oh Narada's here so so uh, it's just a, 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 a sample of that so uh, anyway, the the uncles of Krishna were relishing the opportunity to have his uh, association on a more regular basis for a few weeks, uh, and they're uh, securing that. They're securing that uh, uh, vatsalya opportunity by way of. Um, uh, uh, cons- consent, hmm? consenting to his yes, yes, you should be a, a, a cow herder. We understand. Yeah. We'll have to talk to your father for you. Come back tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. So Nandamurth kind of sees this. What's happening? Why are they spending more time there? Hmm? Krishna Balram. So he he goes amongst them, and he says, "Okay, well, well you know, what's up?" Hmm? And then, then they come out with it, of course. Krishna wants to herd the cows. He's thinking, what? He's only, like, not even five years old yet. Of course, you know, Krishna has a special quality of one of those boys who's mature for his age. Hmm? So, what a younger boy might do, hmm? um, what might be more of a duty or an activity, of an elderly, an older boy, he does at a younger age. He, I mean, he's, as I said, in the middle of his boyhood. He's ro- romancing secretly, even on the head of Kalia, as he dances there. He's not really chastising Kalia. This is a whole other perspective, from the internal perspective of what really happening, the primal cause. There are so many secondary causes. Hmm? The primary cause is he, he wants to show off his dancing ability. Because hmm? gopis will come there. He finds a reason. That's why he's so eager to go out. And he's just young. He's only... That's in his Poganda Leela. Hmm? He, he wants... If he does something like that, chastise the Kaliya, everyone will come. Hmm? Gopis will come. You'll see him dance. He'll be attracted. 
So, anyway, he's mature for his age. So the the uncles of Krishna are consenting and then 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 revealing to Nanda Maharaj what, what what's up, and then he then, of course, is convinced by them. He's a man. He has, has to take it, <laughs> and now he has the task of going and somehow convincing Krishna's mother that Krishna should be allowed this is his, this is his dharma hmm? uh, this comes up a little bit uh, later in, in the narrative here um, that, 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 that Krishna is a coward we can't say it enough times Krishna is was and always will be a coward Krishna is a coward this is his nature can't be changed um, so as it's becoming apparent, then it has to be accepted in mother, so it has to be convinced, and so forth. And so there's some type of uh, uh, giving in slightly that, all right, well, if he's got to herd, if he's got to herd cows, cows, let him herd the calves who will stay nearby, and so on and so forth. So this is where we are in the Bhagavad and Krishna is in his last stage of his Kumar Leela and he's herding calves and they're planning the night before to have a picnic lunch and because of that uh, some irregularity that means to say as I say typically Balaram is rising and blowing his buffalo horn and all the cowherds are hearing that rising up and racing out to come to the courtyard of Nanda Maharaj to meet Krishna, to wake up Krishna, to meet Balaram, and prepare for the day. Hmm? Mentioned here in the poetry is the fact that they're dreaming all night long about this. So the sound of the horn is like dream. Is the dream is coming true? Hmm? What they've been dreaming all night of roaming in the forest with the cows, with Krishna and Balaram, is now coming true. They're waking to their dreams come true hmm? every morning typically Balaram stands on a raised platform and bugles to all of them meanwhile Krishna is still sleeping especially as time goes on and his evening exploits um, kept him up the better part of the night so it's difficult for him to wake as early hmm? so this is an exception it means to say that while there's the typical day in the life of Krishna, there's much nuance and room for, uh, within that outline, if you will, uh, variety uh, by the influence of Leela Shakti, who's like the shadow of Krishna, following him, anticipating um, what, may be re- what may be required for the Leela, and arranging for it to happen. Hmm. Now, this dreaming I mentioned here in the, in, in the text, it's thought of that Krishna Leela in Braj is a 24-hour affair that devotees participate in. Hmm. Sometimes it's described like this, 24 hours, 24-7, I should say, something like that. It's a 24-7 Leela. That means 
that there are other leelas of Bhagavan that aren't 24-7 in terms of participation on the part of all the devotees. So as you move from the Brajalila all the way to Mahavishnu, for example, and the Shristi Leela. This Mahavishnu, at least half the time, he's sleeping. Right? And half the time he's, he's awake and so is the world, and then he says, I better go back to sleep. <laughs> Try again. He gets some inspiration in his own dream. Wake up from deep sleep, susupti, to, to svapna, to jagrat, to waking. So there's a, this is a contrast in this spectrum between Mahavishnu and Krishna, who, the latter, uh, practically, he's never sleeping. Time to sleep, and he's out the window, and and uh, just as he just starts to doze off in the bowers with Radha, mm, the birds are get to get home before the sun comes up. Hmm? Hmm. Balaram is rising and blowing the horn, typically before the sun comes up. Hmm? Surya is waiting. For the order of Ram, the coast is clear. You can come up now. Krishna's home. He got. He made it home hmm? without getting caught hmm? in his romantic exploits. So, sun is a little timid to come up. The sky is a little copper, but hmm? cautious. It's a cautious sun. Is it clear? Hmm? Uh, when he hears the horn of Balaram, okay. I can I can rise now, and the day will start, and, and I will facilitate this uh, these other sentiments, and particularly the day long sentiment of cowherding throughout the forests of of, of Braj. Hmm? So in the Braj, we should we might think there is no sleeping, but this would seem to pertain only to. Madhurya Rasa, right? Because the cowherds go to bed at night. So we have to admit there's dreaming there, but there's no deep, dreamless sleep, susupti. That doesn't happen. So in their dreams, then, they're cowherding with Krishna. There's a beautiful anecdote that I'll... um, share with you. I had the fortune to speak uh, with the Mahant at uh, Mangala Dihi in West Bengal, where the lineage of um, Sundarananda, Sundarananda, I think his name, yeah, Sundarananda, who is an associate of Nityananda Prabhu, one of the Dwarasa Gopals, the twelve associates of Krishna Balaram appearing in Gorlila, and he is uh, um, Sudama, Krishna's friend in Braj, Sudama in Braj. He has a Sudama also in 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 two, a couple of them. He has one in Mathura and one in in um, Ujjain. Hmm? He goes to Dwarka also. Sudamas. Hmm? 
In fact, the flower, just as, a, as an aside, the flower, the florist in Mathura, when, 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 the, when Krishna went to Mathura in the Prakat Lila, of course, the gopis had to remain behind. Nanda Maharaj went, but Krishna's friends also went with him hmm? to the wrestling match. And as you know, they're going through the through Mathura and they're meeting different people, one of whom was the florist. There was also the tailor, right? The tailor, the king's tailor, who was bringing the clean... Was it the tailor or washerman? Washerman, bringing the, bringing the, 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 the king's clothes. And Krishna stopped him and said, I think I should wear that. Hmm? This, is, this is one of the anubhavs of Sakyarasa, to play like kings. Hmm? Amongst the, uh, the, 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 the the friends of Krishna, here they were actually wearing the king's ornaments. But of course, Krishna is the is the king of kings, the king of rasa. So uh, the washerman, or yeah, the washerman, he was unwilling to adorn Krishna with Kamsa's uh, royal vestments and so forth, and. It didn't work out that well for um, for the washerman. <laughs> Meanwhile, the florist, the florist Sudama, was very happy to the garlands that he had been making, ostensibly for the king. He was very happy to give to Krishna and Balaram, and Krishna was very happy to give him full sakirasa and turn him into a coward right before in front of everyone's eyes, because just hearing his name. Hmm? Sudama. This Sudama was a florist living in Mathura, but he would go to the outskirts of Mathura where the, where the metropolitan area starts to turn into the rural area hmm? to pick wild flowers. Hmm? And when he was picking wild flowers, sometimes he would see rustic in the rustic setting Krishna in the cowherds from a distance and, and seeing them he developed this desire to be amongst them hmm? when Krishna now meeting him in Mathura hmm? he, he, uh, he, he, he just his name Sudama his name is Sudama you should be a Sudama he made him a follower of Sudama Gopa in Braj and before everyone's eyes, turned him into a gopa. Mm-hmm. Blessed him with a gopa sarup. Mm-hmm. So beautiful. So that's the Sudama who came to Krishna's mind, the gopa, when he met the florist, and it caused it just caused him to give him an extraordinary kripa, kripa city, blessed him in this way, mm-hmm. under, that, under that influence. That original Sudama is Sundarananda, and he has a Sakyaras lineage. Um, so it's still current to this day. I had the fortune to talk personally over Skype from Madhavan, <laughs> from another village, with uh, the Mahant there. And I was asking him different things um, about some of the literature. I was looking for a particular text. Uh, which later I found, Gopal Balaban Nataka, Sanskrit drama written by Dwarkanath, 
Thakur who's in that lineage also. Um, it's a uh, Sanskrit drama about Gopastami, the day that Krishna becomes not a Kafir, but a cowherder, which is the subject in the 15th chapter of the 10th canto, still yet, yet to come in our, our narrative. Um, so, um, when I was speaking with him, um, I spoke to some extent about Nainananda Thakur, who you may know wrote a book called Preo Bhakti Rasarnava, hmm? that was discovered by one of my godbrothers some years ago and, and translated. And he told me a story about Nainananda Thakur. Hmm? And the story was that Nainananda Thakur used to travel and hold discourse about Sakyarasa. But he would only speak about Krishna's coward leelas with his coward friends in the daytime. Because at night, in his meditation, and as we know, the cowards would go to sleep. So he, he at night, he said, uh, we don't talk about that. Those, ha- those leelas aren't happening, and the cowards are asleep. So this is how he was moving from his sadhakadeya into his siddhadeya and so forth. So on one occasion he came into the assembly of the king of that area and he had some renown, so a reputation was following him and so the king wanted to hear a recital of the Sakyaras Lilas of Bhagavatam from him that evening. And if the king wants you to do that, you don't really have much choice in the matter. Hmm? I think he wanted him to follow the following night, oh, he's come, he should speak in the assembly on Sakyarasa. So he was in a difficult situation. Hmm? The king was ordering him to speak on Sakyarasa, but his rasic sensibility, developing rasic sensibilities, would not allow him to. What a predicament to be in. Hmm? So I guess he was prepared to lose his head over over his heart. (laughs) Let his head go out the window and follow his heart. Hmm? Uh, But in the night, when he slept, Krishna came to him in a dream and he said, it's not like that. Let me help you refine your meditation and the development of your ongoing development of your sarup. That at night, the coward boys are fully absorbed in, in the coward leelas by dreaming about them over and over again. So it's all right to talk about them because they are preoccupied with them. And even in their dreams, they may say something. Sometimes in your dream, you may speak out. Like Krishna was known to speak out in his dreams in Dwarka, in the embrace of the queens. Lalita, Vishaka. Subal, Saka. They look at him like, he's not really here. <laughs> How much closer can you get to him? I'm in the royal bedroom with him and he's somewhere else. <laughs> and that place is Braj. <laughs> this is the full face of Krishna. Right? They knew it. They had to kind of protect him from the influences of, of, of Braj Bhav because it would tip the scales and he could become, become inoperative in, in the Dwarka Leela. This is brought up beautifully, of course, in Priyat Bhagavatamrita. So, the Thakur, anyway, then he was, had the license to speak at night, hmm, he thought, from Krishna. 
Um, so Krishna saved the day for him, and in that, in the context, of, see his his eagerness and his his commitment. He was ready to lose his head to follow his heart. And Krishna, said, it's not necessary. Hmm? It's not necessary. And maybe I have some things for you to do. I want you to use your head, write a book. Hmm? Prayo Bhakti Vasarnava. Hmm? That book came after this incident. Hmm? <laughs> he doesn't tell the story in there, but he does speak about the coward boys dreaming about Krishna all night. He may have been writing the book at the time, and this part was then fulfilled by the dream. Hmm? Not, an or, not, an or, not an ordinary dream. And the cowherd's dreams are not ordinary. Therefore, I say here, you might have heard, you might have caught it, that in Braj, there is waking consciousness, Jagrat, Jagra. There is Swapna, dreaming consciousness. You know, in the, in the Upanishads, we learn there are four dimensions of consciousness. Waking, dreaming, deep sleep, dreamless sleep, Susupti, and what is the fourth one called? Yeah, what's the English though? Fourth. It's called the fourth. It means we don't have a word for it. <laughs> it's beyond waking consciousness, dreaming consciousness, dreamless sleep consciousness. It's the fourth. Turiya. Hmm? But here, the point is what? They are not experiencing waking consciousness, the dimension of waking consciousness like we are, now in waking consciousness. Neither in the Leela are they experiencing dream, the dream dimension of consciousness, like we may do at, at night, dreaming. Certainly not the dreamless sleep, and neither the fourth. Hmm? Gopal Tapani, and this is a definitive statement on the, on Turiatita. Turiatita Gopala. Look it up. Turiat, Google it. Turiatita means the fifth. Gopal, Turiatita Gopala. Look and see what the other lineages try to figure out what Turiatita means. Look at the Advaitans. What is it? What? Because the fourth, this is, you know, the fifth? They have a very impoverished way of trying to explain the fifth. That doesn't make it the fifth. In in other words, more. Hmm? Actually, in terms of the Atma, hmm, and understanding its position, and thereby through understanding coming closer to it, it's thought that... The waking state is most distanced from it. The dreaming state brings us closer to it. The deep sleep gives us up even closer to it. And in the fourth, we experience the Atma and 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 and, and, and Brahman. Hmm? Fourth. So the fifth should be a more enriched state. So the I forget how they do it. It's very impoverishing. That's the fifth. It sounds like the third and a half. Three and a half, instead of uh, they take it down to the to the Vyavaharic, rather than the, the Paramarthic level and so forth. But Gopal Tapani, this is the, the definitive statement. Turiyatita and explains it. Gopala, 
The fifth dimension, that is the Leela of Gopal, that is the subject of the Gopal mantra. Hmm? It is the, that is the, uh, this 18 syllable mantra, that is the principal mantra of our Sampradaya. It takes you there, hmm? into the fifth dimension of consciousness, where there's dreaming and waking inside of the fifth dimension. It's not the ordinary dreaming state, not the ordinary waking state. Hmm? It's inside of the fifth. Because you don't really, and, and particularly, you don't really have the dreaming hmm? in Baikuntha. You don't have sleeping there. Hmm. Not in the same way. Anyway, so fifth dimension. They're dreaming about Krishna. It's an interesting point. Uh, not, not the not fifth dimension isn't dreaming, but I mean the fifth dimension is the Krishna Leela, and it's the context of that. There's waking life, there's dreaming life, but it's not like our waking and dreaming life. It's happening in a dimension of their own that is material. It's happening in a dimension beyond the fourth, the fifth. Hmm? But this is an interesting point to consider in general. Hmm? Because we think that the waking dimension of consciousness is the most complete dimension of consciousness. But there's no reason, no conclusive reasoning to make that case. Between dreaming, between waking consciousness, dreaming, the dreaming dimension, or deep sleep. Why... How can we definitively say that the waking state is the most developed dimension of consciousness? Hmm? Why is the dreaming state not more developed? It's arbitrary. In fact, we can give an argument to the contrary, that in the waking state, we're attuned to the physical world, hmm? and we're experiencing all the limitations of it. Hmm? We're interacting with the physical world, which is quantitative, and we're limited in terms of thereby in terms of qualitative existence. In fact, where does the where does the quality of the waking state come from? Which is more important, by the way, quantity or quality? Oh, okay. So, the physical world, the physical dimension, is all about quantity, right? Velocity, depth, weight, and so forth. These quantitative measurements. Hmm? Hmm? Where does the qualitative experience of the physical world come from? It comes from the mind, right? Which is active in the dreaming dimension of consciousness when the physical body, for all intents and purposes, turned, is turned off. Right? It's resting. And when it is awake, the only thing make, that makes it worth being awake is the mind being on. Everything, every experience is taking place only in the mind. There is no pain in the body. There is no pain in the brain. It's all in the mind. Hmm? 
The experience, I mean, is in the, in the mind. That's where it's being experienced. The quality of pain, for example, the quality of happiness, the quality of red, blue, hmm? outside of its, the, 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 the you want to say the physical makeup of blue, the experience of blue just makes the physical makeup of it just not worth talking about anymore. Hmm? If you want to say, I know what blue is. So let's say you want to know, I, you want to know what an apple is? Yes, I know what an apple is. It's got this many acid and this chromosome, whatever, I don't know. It's got all these, and you name all the physical properties of the apple, just r- rattle them off. Another guy says, I didn't know anything about that. Hmm? Have you ever tasted an apple? No. <laughs> and you know nothing about an apple, sir. You know nothing? You have not experienced an apple. Hmm? The experience, in the experience, the, the, the taste, the, it's not a really, the tongue is not tasting. The mind is tasting. Hmm? You understand? So what, and so the quality is more important than the quantity. So we can argue that the quality, value, meaning, hmm, is all coming from the mind, which is then active in the dreaming state. You can make an argument that the dream state is, is, a, is a more full state of consciousness than the waking state. Hmm? You go to the deep, deep sleep, hmm? and then we go, arguably for a moment, beyond the mind. The mind turns off as well. Hmm? And then we experience shanti, peace, a relief that... that to be freed from the mind, be freed. We 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 come to come something close to what the self must be like, hmm? not not uh, enslaved by the demands of the mind and the senses. Free, free. We try to get free through the mind by making the physical world bigger than what it is, by writing a story in which everybody lives happily ever after which just doesn't happen. Hmm? Through the mind, we try to make the physical world bigger. But the mind is not capable of making it big enough to, to accommodate this, the, the, the breadth, the length, the depth, the, the, the quality, of the freedom of life that the soul has inherently and is yearning for through the vehicle of the mind hmm? by tweaking the body and, and so forth. So when the mind turns off in deep sleep, then the Vedantins say, after waking, one says, I slept very well. I had an experience independent of the mind. The mind was turned off, and I experienced. How can you describe your experience? It was restful, shanti, shanti, shanti. It was peaceful. I didn't have to work. I was free. I didn't have to get up and work. Hmm? I was free just to lie in bed. (laughs) Their argument is, well, you can't remember something that you didn't experience, so you must be remembering something that was happening, Hmm? a contentless experience. It had no material content, whether it be psychic, 
or physical material content, mental or physical content. It was devoid of that. It was a contentless... Here, here you have the content to experience, and then you have the experiencer, right? Hmm? You have the objective world, and then you have the subjective world. Even the mental world is part of the objective world, ultimately. Hmm? The super-subject in this scenario is the self. Hmm? Hmm. So free from the mind, free from the, kind of momentarily, from the, from the physical demands. Oh, it felt good. It was peaceful. I was free. Hmm? Something like that. They studied the human experience like this, and they thought this is indicative of the fact that the, that the self exists beyond mind, beyond body, and then they, they developed a system through their introspection and subsequent revelation that's called, we call it sadhana, we call it yoga, a system of demonstrating to oneself in a permanent basis this uh, theory that there's a self that's independent of the mind, independent of the body. Hmm? That's what yoga is about, to experience that. It's, what, a, what a challenge. Hmm? Hmm. And, and that means to, to, to do that by following this hint that nature kind of speaks to us about if you're plugged in and listening. Hmm? Hint of a life beyond mind and body. And yoga means for going there. Tuturiya, the fourth. Beyond thought. Beyond word. Hmm? Trying to go there by word. One comes back. The mind come, returns in its attempt to go there. The self can go hmm? by faith, derived from input from that world. Hmm? One can go to the fourth. So, now, that said, the yogin, the, the mystic, right? And in different traditions, cross-culturally, hmm? has can have experience of the fourth dimension in this body without the death of the body I mean that's what the yoga is about right you you as i said you want to be very objective and separate out yourself from the mind and the body experientially hmm? and when they do that they become they tap into the self it's 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 ananda it's it's uh, it's ananda it's anu it's atomic particle of such and they experience that atmananda hmm? atmaram the joy of the self and then they don't have to move according to the demands of the mind because when you when you experiencing the joy of the self hmm, the mind is suspended the physical body is suspended. It, it can't have play because the movement of the body and the mind are for the pursuit of pleasure. But the pleasure is so intense that the body and mind are arrested in their attempt to go outward. And of course, they've been trained to turn inward. Hmm? And turning inward, that they, they, they found a joy that exceeds Everything outside, if you could put it all together in one big syringe and inject yourself with it, it wouldn't compare 
to Atman, Atmananda, which is an impoverished sense of bliss. Hmm? It's the beginning of the of entry level into the fourth dimension, and our ideal is this fifth dimension. We'll go back to that, but my point is this. From the waking state, which is thought to be, in human society, for the most part, to be the most developed they don't quite, quite talk about it in these terms, but that, that is the full consciousness when you're awake. When you're asleep, you're not fully conscious, they think. When, in deep sleep, then you don't even exist. Hmm? This is their idea. And the fourth, which is this experience of mystics, is some type of um, diseased condition. Schizophrenic or something, something weird, something un- unhealthy, hmm? hypermetabolic state, they would call it. That's that's uh, a dysfunction. That's how they think. And in the waking state, there you can be a fully functional being. Hmm? Now, what happens in the waking state? In the waking state, people are identified with a particular body, with a particular nation, with a particular gender, and they're all, to one extent or another, fighting with one another. Hmm? Let's look at the waking state for what it really is. Jivo jivasya jivanam. One living being is food for another. And this is the most developed dimension of consciousness. Hmm? You can't... You, 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 uh, it's a, a plane of struggle, struggle, fighting, uh, discord, um, um, and and dissatisfaction. Hmm? Can't get no. They <laughs> say <laughs> he was right about that. Hmm? Tried and he tried and he tried. <laughs> a long time back, but it still holds true. That's why there was such a popular song at the time. Because <laughs> it's eternal. It's an eternal message for the material world. So, this is the most enriched state of consciousness. Now, now we look at the mystic. Now, let's talk to him. You may think from your waking state, preoccupied with it, thinking it is the fullest dimension of consciousness and then think this other stage of these mystics uh, uh, whether they be devotee mystics, Vaishnavas like ourselves or yogis, what may be the case, Sufis that they're weird and impoverished and or, or uh, dysfunctional on some level and what, what is their experience? Their experience is there's no national boundaries Hmm? They, they just ended the whole political discourse about the, our nation state and how to make it best and, pres- and it is the best and preserve it and if we have to we'll fight with another nation state and so on and so forth all these boundaries just disappear they melt away hmm? I mean, that's what the whole politics is about is to preserve the state the nation state hmm? And somehow, in relation to other nation states, keep our difference, but make some, find some common ground, and 
make peace. Hmm? Humans want to go beyond that in the waking state. They actually want what the mystics experience. They want the, the human beings that, that, that their own natural sensibility, if they're not taught artificially otherwise, doesn't restrict them, for example, marrying interracially or for a, an Italian to marry a, 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 a Swede or something like that. Mm. Mm. Yes, but but we, we, sometimes we are taught otherwise in, in the waking state. But the, the, this is just an example of how the, 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 in, the, in the fourth dimension, all these things disappear. Genders disappear. Wow, that's a huge issue. That just, it disappears. Hmm? And everything and, and on, there's an a, a underlying, overarching unity. Therein, the mystic is loving his neighbor like himself, really, as the Gita says. The highest yogi is one who sees the suffering of others as if it's his own. He feels it like that because it's like he's now identified with the ground of being hmm, that we're, we're all constituted of. It's such... A, just read what the mystic coming out of the fourth dimension just for the, momentarily to write about it, to speak about it. How attractive, how beautiful, how rich. Hmm? We can make a good case this is the most enriched state of consciousness, and the waking state is the most impoverished dimension of consciousness, where you get all these mixed-up ideas and even start to think that the self doesn't even exist, memory is just a part of the brain, and, uh, and it's all just flatland and so forth. Hmm? No wonder it's not working. You're trying to have a theory of everything by excluding almost everything that <laughs> matters. Feelings. Hmm? Just reduce it all down to just feelingless matter. Hmm? Might as well go to sleep, hmm? right? Live in the mind. Hmm? If you keep telling I'm telling my mind it's the brain, it's going to just go to sleep. Turn off the brain. I had enough. I'm tired of being told by you that I'm reducible to you. Hmm? I'm the experiencer, qualitatively. Comparatively, hmm? because why? Because I'm touched by the proximity of the Atma, hmm? and I've reflected hmm? what what makes the subtle body capable. This is a form of matter capable of having qualitative experiences and a sense of I. Atoms, particles. Does the floor have a sense of I? We don't think so. Does the brick on the wall have a sense of I? Why should the brain have one? Hmm? It's just made of the same stuff, right? Right? Hmm? But, there's a, but, but there's a form of matter in which that sense of I develops. It's material. It's called the mind. Hmm? But it's a form of matter that can reflect, has the power to reflect the light of consciousness. Hmm? And therefore, a reflected sense of I, we call ahankar, appears there. It's an impoverished sense of I, but 
and it, but it's experiencing, relatively speaking, qualitative experiences, which is that which is inherent in the Atma. It has the capacity to have qualitative experience. Bhoktritva. Gnatritva. Hmm? What is it? Uh, Kartritva. It can be a, a knower. It can be an agent of action. It can experience... Uh, it can have qualitative experiences. Happy, sad, good, bad. Hmm? It can have these things, this subtle matter... Because, as I say, it's subtle and refined, and therefore, in proximity to the to consciousness itself, Atma, it can reflect the, the light of consciousness. It can reflect what consciousness is, which means what? Forget this Advaita Vedanta stuff. Our whole emotional life, materially speaking, is why is it possible? Because we're reflecting consciousness. There must be an emotional life in potential for consciousness, for the Atma. Hmm? Advaita Vedanta wants to end all the emotional life. Gaudi Vedanta says, forget this fourth dimension. We go to the fifth dimension. Hmm? Hmm? That is Bhakti Rasa. Hmm? So, is it, this is our argument. I mean, forget about the argument, but wait a minute, there is only matter. This is, how can a, how can a, how can a, how can a conscious, so-called immaterial thing have any causal efficacy or move a material thing? This has been an argument in Western civilization since the time of Descartes. Hmm? How can an immaterial thing, which he thought to be the mind, Move a material thing. How do material things move? One material, one physical thing pushes another physical thing. Of course, it was curious then when Newton thought, said, actually, there's a force that moves things without physical contact. When Newton started to talk about this, which is the gravitational principle, his contemporaries thought Newton's becoming a new ager. <laughs> He's becoming a, uh, yeah, a, a cultist. Such a sober man, how did it happen to him? Mm-hmm. But then somehow, uh, I'm not sure how, he was able to make the case for this a material force. What's happened, you have to understand what happened in there. Suddenly, matter expanded. They couldn't deny... The gravitational force, although you can't like see it, I don't know how they did it, but, but they just expanded the model of matter. Okay. And then let's not talk about it too much. Hmm? Something like that. Hmm? How can it, because uh, it would appear like a immaterial thing was moving a material, they just made it material, gravity, it's material, that's <laughs> a material force. Hmm? So, Still, the question remains, how can something immaterial then move or influence, have an influence impact on that which is material? The whole question is ridiculous because it assumes that an immaterial substance has to act like a, like a, like a material substance. The whole point is it's an immaterial. It has different abilities and powers. You're insisting that it acts like a material 
influence in order to have existence. And the whole point is it's immaterial. Hmm? Just by its proximity. Sometimes the Vedanta gives us an example, analogy, which is, are never complete, but they help us. Like a magnet, like magnetic force, it can move the iron filaments without touching it. Hmm? It has power. So the Atma has the power to project itself as we see ourselves doing every day, projecting ourselves into material things and calling them ours. The I goes into the other things in the, in, through the words, my. It's mine. And I like it, and I'm concerned about it because I am in it. Because it's mine. So if something happens to it, I feel like something's happening to me. If it's my car, it's a problem. Right, Dharm, say it too. <laughs> but if it's somebody else's car, it's not a big deal. <laughs> Not such a big deal. Of course, we all identify with Dharma Sata, so if his car breaks down, we think, oh goodness, we suffer. Does hmm? anyone come on time? Hmm? So, the point is that we are projecting ourselves all the time into material things. That's what the word my means. The I is projecting itself into material things, identifying with them, and then whatever happens to them is happening to me. Hmm? <laughs> Oh, so it's thought. So the point is that we have experience, in this sense, of the self being able to project itself. So the self is being projected by Vishnu into matter. Without ever touching it, it influences that subtle matter. And from subtle matter, then, psychic matter comes the physical matter. Hmm? Right? So, at any rate, the Atma lives beyond the three dimensions and it can go to the fourth dimension and if it's very fortunate to get sadhusanga of Vaishnava can go to the fifth dimension and the fifth of the fifth dimension I mean we really this is really our thing Pro, uh, what is it Panchama Purushartha this is a Gaudiya saying Panchama Purusha. there's four goals of life what are they? Dharma Artha Kama, Moksha. And every Sampradaya, including all the Vaishnava Sampradayas, will tell you that. Hmm? We say, no, there's five. Panchama Purushartha. That's Duryatita. And it's the realm of Gopal. And there, the cowherds in the fifth dimension are dreaming about Krishna, cowherding all night long. And Balaram Swarm wakes them. They wake to their dreams coming true. Hmm? And off they go. Right? To the courtyard of Nanda Maharaj, and then Krishna is awoken, awakened, and uh, on this particular day, of course, as I said, the night before, a picnic lunch was planned. This is a big thing. Hmm? Because, as we'll see later on, we won't get there, I don't think, in, in our discourse here today, but when you get to this point, it's a huge, central, central point of the center, of the Sakiras, center of the Bhagavatam, the picnic lunch. This, this is, this is, Prabhupada had that depicted, you know, in, in art. Hmm? 
Every coward boy sitting next to Krishna. Each one's thinking Krishna's sitting right next to me. Just like each gopi and rasali that's thinking Krishna's dancing with me alone. And in this setting, these coward boys are free to eat without, as I said the other night, without Nanda Maharaj making them behave. And so they can... As soon as one tastes, each one has a different taste, as I said, so I'll repeat it, it's worth it. He thinks, this one, this is taste the best. Actually, all of it is the best. It's all prepared by Radha, overseen by, by what's... But by, by, it's, it's prepared in Madhurya Rasa, overseen by Vatsalya Rasa, for Saki Rasa. <laughs> it's all being done for Saki Rasa. <laughs> This is, the, this is the perspective, right? The subjective perspective. So, woo, that's a great thing. Every, every morsel is absolutely out of this world, right? But each cowherd has his own taste. Each one is an individual. Hmm? Each one is an individual unit of Sakirasa. Hmm? You see, the Swarup Shakti, its nature is that it's constantly moving to please Krishna like a shadow moving with him. So it's always creating opportunities for his pleasure, anticipating his desires. He's such a sankalpa. Whatever he desires happens. And the Surup Shakti facilitates that. I was saying this the other day. The Surup Shakti facilitates the will of Krishna. Maya Shakti cannot get in the way of the will of Krishna because Krishna is always within the orbit of his Surup Shakti. Hmm? Maya Shakti obscures our will. We have to fight with Maya Shakti to realize our will. And we may not be successful, and ultimately we won't. Because we have a will to live. Hmm? And in terms of our sense of who we are, identifying as we do with the biological and psychological sense of self, that's an impossible possibility. Hmm? That will will be thwarted. The Sarup Shakti facilitates the will of the Jiva. So each cowherd, for example, each gopi, each has, they're a complete, so to speak, person. I, I sometimes say they're like incomplete people. We're incomplete people. Hmm? I answered the question once before, it's worth repeating. One fellow asked me at Brinda Kunj, actually, asked me in secret, after I'd given a lecture, I don't know what it's about, but he said, Marsha, I want to ask you a question. Is there any real sex life in Goloka? You know, I mean, real sex life. I didn't want to ask it in, in public. I told him, no, you don't understand. There is no real sex life in the material world. Hmm? There, is no, there are no real people here. There are just appearances of people. Hmm? Appearances, and they disappear. Appear and disappear. Where did he go? I guess he's not here. History forgets about him. Whatever you may do, in time, history will forget about you, unless what you've done hmm, is gone to the other side, thought deeply about it. The influence of the Buddha, the Jesus, the Rumi, Mahaprabhu, Shri Chaitanya. This will never, ever, ever disappear from the world. This just cannot, you can never go away. Hmm? It's thousands and thousands of years now. Hmm? There's two things that will be remembered in this world. 
however spiritual you are, however unspiritual you are. <laughs> it's all about God, in other words. God is what's remembered in the world. The Hitler will be remembered for how ungodly he was. And the devotee, the mystic, will be remembered for how, how centered on God he was. This is what will make the lasting, leave a lasting impressions in the world. So what was the point? So each cowherd has his own personality. He's a complete person. Constitute of Sakirasa. You might think, if the rasa, if the bhava is nitisiddha, nitisiddha krishna prem sadhaka bunai, shabhanari sudha chitte koraye udai. If the bhava, the prem, is eternally perfect, then how can you go from here to there and suddenly you get a spiritual body that wasn't, wasn't there before. Hmm. How can it be eternal and have a beginning? Because it's manifesting beyond time, <laughs> outside of time. Hmm. And what is happening is nothing, nothing new is happening. It's the nature of that realm. The Sarup Shakti is constantly re, constantly manifesting herself in different ways for the pleasure of Krishna. That's nothing new. That's what happens there. Hmm? Forever. So, a Gopa Sarup will manifest. And it's, what's manifesting? It's just another shape of that which is eternal. Sakirati. Madhuri for example. That is eternal. Hmm? It's, it's appearing in paradigmatic figures like Subal, Sridham, hmm? Stoka Krishna, Ujwala, Devaprastha, all these friends of Krishna. Hmm? In Madhuri Rasa, Lalita, Vishaka, Rupa Manjari, so forth. Hmm? But that's not the only shape it will take. So the bhava is eternal, and it takes a shape because if you get the bhava, if you get love, prem, then it has to have a shape to express itself. So love has a form, has a shape. You take, form doesn't limit as much as it facilitates. The, the canvas of the artist, what would be his art without that? It would be abstract in his head. It couldn't be expressed. He needs the canvas to share it. So there's a shape. And a full spiritual person and each one has own individual desires. It's not like a desireless place. These gopas have different desires. They see some like jackfruits, some like mangoes, some like both. Hmm? So some think this is the best preparation. Even each though each preparation is absolutely the best. How could it not be? It's cooked by Radha. Hmm? Again, it's coming from Batalya, Madhuri Rasa. It's saturated with this. And made for sakya. <laughs> so, so they're tasting. But one thinks, this is, this is the best. And immediately takes it out of his mouth. 
and puts it in Krishna's mouth. You cannot do that around the dinner table with Nanda Maharaj sitting there. You can do that. Hmm? Such freedom, this picnic. That's why they couldn't sleep at night, practically. We're going to have a picnic. We're going to go... Hmm? This eating is a big thing, you know, in Krishna Leela. It is everywhere, right? <laughs> and if it weren't for so many distractions, so many opportunities which is thought to facilitate happiness, hmm? we could be content with eating and sex, basically. <laughs> you see, these things are emphasized in the scriptures because in those days people didn't have computer games and this and that and everything else, opportunities to do different things, so happiness was eating and sex, hmm? for the most part. Hmm? Now, nowadays, you eat some junk quickly hmm? so that you can do something else. Hmm? Because there's so many things to do. <laughs> there's just so many things to do. You've got to keep up with it. Newer and new things to try. Right? None of which satisfy us. Anyway, there are good, good food, too. <laughs> we, we advocate that. We but, but that, if you start to look at good food, you start to go in a whole different direction, don't you? You slow down, you think of how it's grown, you get to know what is soil, hmm? what it does to your body, hmm? and so forth. Then you start to think differently, isn't it? Hmm? We start to move away from industrialization and the ugliness of that. Hmm? Where are we going? We're going back hmm, to a time of less, lesser opportunities when we can find more because we're not living in just a state of constant distraction. Hmm? We can't pay attention to the moment we're in. Hmm? If you could pay attention to the moment you're in, you could find everything in a moment, everything in an atom. Krishna's hmm? in every atom. Hmm? So each cowherd has his own taste. If we, each one thinks this is best, takes it out, puts it in Krishna's mouth. Again, if he tastes something else, thinks this is second best, then he gives that to his friends. Third best, he keeps that for himself. Hmm? Very beautiful. But this picnic lunch, so this is a big thing. This is what Brahma then, he saw this, 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 the Sarupya Mukti blessing given to Agasura the flash of the, of the form entering into, into Krishna. I can't go into it, but said, Brahma was, is different than the Devas. He had some samskar for, for Sakyarasa already, ready, as I said the other day, I think, from the dawn of creation. But when they all sit down there and take the lunch, then he's really confused. I thought that maybe that was my guru, but he's acting in such a way that this... I see him with the Gyan Mudra giving mantra, and now I see him eating, eating with his left hand and putting food in other people's mouth and taking it out. And it must be an imposter imitating my guru. I better check it out. Let me test his powers and see. This is this. Krishna thought it was innocent on his part. He's just a sadhaka. He doesn't know. He wants sakirasa, but he doesn't know what it is yet. Hmm? Uh, anyway, so we're getting ahead of ourselves, but uh, 
This is anyway a little bit about something in life in the day of, uh, of, of the cowardice depicted in the uh, Bhagavatam, taking us to the fifth dimension. Grantarashimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Kupal Krishnadev ki jai. Question? This is a secret. <laughs> it's very secret, so there very, very, very few people know about it. <laughs> but uh, actually, Raghunathas Kaswami has penned one verse hmm? where he beautifully depicts Krishna leaving in the night along with Subal. Hmm? and appreciating the forests in the night and then Subal is feeling the anticipation of Krishna to meet with Radha and it's there it's dark in the forest and so Krishna Subal tells Krishna you wait here and he finds his way hmm? and he meets Radha hmm? and her handmaiden and then they follow uh, put their hand on Subal's shoulder like this Radha and on Jari on Radha's shoulder and he t- takes them to Krishna hmm? so he, he, this is one and only one <laughs> verse about such a possibility hmm? so in your deep bhajan in your next life or so <laughs> then you can explore this possibility. <laughs> that said, of course, uh, Rupa Goswami has written a verse in Ujjval Nilmani, and he's written that verse in the bhav of, 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 of Rupa Manjari. He's, he's in that bhav in writing that verse, and in that verse he says, Oh, how lucky is Subal. Hmm? Is there any service that he does not have opportunity to participate in? When Krishna is lying in the embrace of his lover, if she should get up in a puff and leave him entwined together, it is a rather, rather poetic and intimate description of there in which hyperbole is used hmm, to describe the intimacy of Radha and Krishna. When she gets up and leaves, he goes and brings her back 
and while they're entwined together, he fans them. Hmm? What seva can he not participate in? And the hyperbole in the verses is the way in which Radha and Krishna entwined is is described. So the point being is is that is that is to emphasize that much more hmm? how um, what access he has to the intimacy of, of Radha and Krishna Lila, which is of course this, what the whole of the Braj is moving around the union of Radha and Krishna. Everybody wants it, even if they can't want it. To pretend they don't want it and say it's not possible, and others are helping to make it possible. So, um, this is a very um, um, exalted form of Sakyarasa, the most exalted form that is full of empathetic love. It's That empathetic love is of the same exact nature. Hmm? Tadbhav means it's empathetic love hmm? that the handmaidens of Radha have. Hmm? In general, it is a, it, their love is of an empathetic nature. So they empathize with Radha and Krishna's love for one another and experience it. If you, if you empathize, through empathy, by experience you can empathize and with empathy, empathy you can experience even though you're not directly involved. The, the real uh, success used to be, I don't know now, of the, of the psychologist or the psychiatrist was, was to enter into the, somehow the experience of his patient so that he could adequately empathize. Right? So experience of something, if you have the same pain as someone else, you've experienced it in the past and they have it, you're more able to empathize with it. So this Tadbhav is an empathetic type of love. So the Manjaris are empathizing with the plight of Radha in separation, for example, or her her man, where she's uh, upset with Krishna. They're empathizing with her. And they may empathize with Krishna also. Hmm? And so these Brihanamasakas are similarly, they, in this regard, the Madhuri influence in their Sakyabhav Cause enables them to be empathetic. They get that Madhuri influence from the gopis. They have a desire, Vishwanath Chakrati Thakur explains hmm, in Bhaktarasamrita Sindhubhuna, a desire to taste that love. Why do they have a desire to taste the love of the gopis? They want to know, because they want to have experience enough of it enough to be able to empathize with Krishna, their friend, so that at some point, there's no point in their friendship with him where they cannot be his friend. Hmm? In other words, not all friends can listen to you when you're talking about the problems you're having with your love life. Most of them say, eh, let's, let's go bowling or something, you know, I don't know, <laughs> whatever, you know. But some, some, some maybe have an empathetic softer, softer nature. These Priyanarmasakas are like the, like the perfect, like, alpha, what is it? What's the opposite of the alpha? Well, there's the alpha male, you know? The, the alpha beta. It's like the perfect combination. Ladies really like, you know, got enough feminine sensibilities in them to be able to be empathetic. And sympathize, empathize with it. You know, women like to express their feelings. They don't really want a solution. 
with the managers, well, you could do it like this. Well, you could. I'm not looking for a solution. I just want to express my feelings. Is there anybody there to feel them, to share them with? And they just... Actually, I found a verse, Giva Goswami cites, and I think it's in Krishna Sundarba. I don't know where he drew it from. I can't remember. He says, but, but it's said in such and such tantra that that if you're if you have too much emotional distress, then the way to relieve it is to speak about it to others. What do we call that? We call it venting. Venting. Yeah. So the scriptural support for venting. <laughs> in case you needed that. So. Uh, these type of friends, they, 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 their friendship with Krishna is, it's cable. It's completely, it's not bundled with Vatsalaya or, 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 or Dasya, but it is mixed with Madhurya. They want to have the association of the gopis and their kind of love in the context of their Sakurasa. That's why they have male group leader and a, a Yuteshwari, a female group leader. Hmm? And so, they're, in that way, their love is of the same nature. It's tadbhav. Obviously, they don't, they're not have, they're not interested in having a direct romantic relationship with Krishna. Neither are the manjaris or other sakis of Radha who also have tadbhav in lesser uh, forms, priya-sakis, um, sakis and so forth. So... Arguably, then, this is the full face of the friendship because it extends into being a friend in those circumstances. Hmm? Presenting. Hmm? Presenting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but at the same time, it's different than the manjari because the manjari is in madhurya rasa and the, the, the sakya is in sakya rasa. So it's going to come out a little bit differently and... Uh, um, and Exceed in Ladini in slightly different measures. But again, that's, uh, you can take, you can take, uh, Raghunath Das's verse very seriously and, and with your divine will under the influence of the Sarup Shakti, you can, you can explore that possibility. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. The meditation of Madhurya devotees is focused on Radharani. It's all is about Radharani. This is the way to approach to Krishna. So, what about Sakya devotees? Uh, Wielbiciele w Maturia Rasie, oni są skupieni na czczeniu Radarani i to jest taki sposób do zbliżenia się do Radarani. Jak to wygląda w przypadku Sakyras? Every devotee in the Braj loves Krishna. And every devotee loves Radha. How that equation, how that works out is different for different devotees. So... Even in Madhurya Rasa, some may like Krishna more than Radha. Some may like them equally, love them equally. Some may love Radha more than Krishna. I mean, there's no really more here or less, but it's all, but, but that the way it plays out, so to speak. Hmm? Um, 
but uh, the devotees of Atsali Rasa also, uh, all forms of Sakya Rasa, they all love Radha. Hmm? But the um, the Priyanarmasakas, uh, like Subal, they are uh, kinkars of Radha also. They are servants of Radha as well. So let me give you an example. Uh, in Brihad Bhagavatam, we find Gopakumar enters into the Leela as Sarup. His name is Sarup, as a Gopa. He's relating his experience to his student, um, Janasharma, who also became of the same Baba, Gopa. So he's the Priyanarmasakas. So he tells him that I came here to meet you on the order of Radha. Radha pulled me aside and said, You're my servant. There's one devotee in Mathura, Sadaka, and I cannot remain separate from him any longer. Please go and, and bring him here, be his guru. So he says, So that morning I got the order from Radha, and I knew if I follow her order, I cannot go coward in today with Krishna. But I also knew that if I was to please Radha, it would please Krishna more than if I went cowarding with him. Hmm? So, in the service of Radha, he went. Hmm? So, each of these Priyanarmasakas, they have a Yuteshwari, it means a gopi group leader who they're also identified with and they serve. Hmm? So, Subal's group leader, for example, is is Radha herself. And for that matter, Raghunathas is helpful to us. He has also listed 108 names of Radha. Hmm. Maybe she can be glorified. Uh, and one of them is, what is it? Subal Nyasta. Hmm. He says, who, Radha is she who ad- who uh, Adorns, adorns, adopts, hmm? adopts the form of Subal. Radha is she who adopts the form of Subal. It means Radha is present in Sakyarasa in the person of Subal. Hmm? That's peculiar. <laughs> but with full Sakyarasa sensibilities, hmm? Radha takes the form of Subal. So she's very prominent in the um, in the service of this of the Priyanarmasakas, as are other gopis, just like there are manjaris for different gopis. Of course we follow Radha, so we like to follow the as Priyanarmasaka, we like to follow the idealists of uh, of of uh, of Subal. But it can be also uh, Ujwala and um, he's follower of the Vishaka. But this is just another form of Radha. Hmm? Or Lalita. This is the Yuteshwari of Madhu Mangal. She is Anuradha, another Radha, following Radha. Hmm? So they are, yes, they're very much involved there in Madhuri Rasa. So they, when they. Uh, 
you know, in the fifteenth chapter of the tenth canto, this laying of Denikasur, this beginning is this description of the of the Gopastami. Hmm? So Krishna is in the forest and he's glorifying Balaram. Hmm? In so many ways, he's glorifying Balaram. The hidden purpose for his glorifying Balaram is is he intends to to, to separate from the group hmm? with his Priyanarmasakas to go for rendezvous at Sevakund, uh, at, at, at Shamkund and Radhakund. And so he glorifies Balaram in such a way that, that and he makes an excuse, I have to go for a minute, but everyone's content, the others, to stay with Balaram hmm? for a good part of the day. Hmm? While Krishna and the Priyanarmasakas, they go and engage in these midday pastimes, which are very, very, they are the exclusive property of Gaudiya Sampradaya. Hmm? These midday pastimes are the exclusive property of the Gaudiya Sampradaya, not in any other Sampradaya, Rag Sampradaya, what speak of Mark Sampradaya. So they're very much involved there. So in all the rendezvous with Radha and Krishna, uh, Chandravali and so forth, they're all involved bringing messages. Uh, 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 Subal will... It's also said that in the Priyanarmasaka, that they're... Their Ladini, their Ananda, will exceed the measure of that in the other Sakas. So it will go not only to Rag, but Anurag and Mahabhav. Hmm? And Jiva Goswami, in predecessant purposes, and they also experience Man. Man is the jealous love experienced by Radha. That means they're not experienced. The cowards don't experience jealous love. They have no doubts. Hmm? There's no doubting in Sakurasa of my friendship with Krishna. That's just like we're friends. We tattoo one another. You know, it's like make a blood. You know, I'm sh- really like that blood brother or something like that. Hmm? That's how they feel. But in Madhurya Rasa, there may be doubts. And after all, Krishna has many lovers. Hmm? Right? So, the man, if this is to be experienced in Sakyaras, that is for Priyanarmasakas, who are, have some, some understanding of it enough ex- to, to, to be empathetic in those circumstances. So, Radha may, in fact, it's said that in all of the Braj, if Radha's man, her displeasure, her anger with Krishna, hmm, reaches a point that none of the Sakis, Manjaris, can, can break it so that there can be pranaya again, union, hmm, then, uh, then Subal has to be called in. He is more adept than anyone in Braj in catering to Radha's necessity at the time of her man. So he'll go in and say, you know, something like, Radha, you're so proud. Don't be like that. Krishna is now sitting on the banks of, of your kund. And if you don't go to see him, if you don't 
give up this anger, then he is going to commit suicide. What will happen to Rishoda if Krishna commits suicide? What will happen to Nanda Maharaj? What will happen to everybody in Braj? You don't want that on your shoulders. In this way, he will speak with her, make a compelling case, and break her mind. Of course, she'll reply back, it's his fault, not my fault. But then the thought, yes, I can understand why you'd be angry at him, but you have to give your anger, not necessarily to forgive him, but because the consequences will be so so, so horrible. Hmm? He will commit suicide. Yeah, he should. I mean, he's that bad. I understand that. He should. Hmm? But then what will happen to Yusoda? What will happen to Nanda? What will happen to every... Hmm? So for their sake, you have to give this up. Hmm? This way he makes inroad into her heart and... Hmm? and what she really wants, of course, is, 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 is to meet with him, push it again. And then. So he, 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 in the worst moments, the, the most difficult case, he is the, the one that can bring about a solution. So he has to have some understanding, some experience of that mom. So these, these, these boys are very much involved in, that, in the service of Radha also. that help? Yeah. Okay, some higher, higher talks. Yes. When you were speaking about the different um, states of uh, consciousness, like wakefulness and then dreaming and deep sleep, and you said about that wakefulness is that seems like the most impoverished, um, and the, the other states that get higher, uh, more developed states, but yeah. Um, I was thinking how in Bhagavad Gita we read how like sleep is like a characteristic of Tamagun and you know we also read how we should try to minimize sleep and these things so I was thinking it seems could you yeah. make that contradiction? Yeah it, it is in the Tamaguna and um, um, the kind of explanation is is a way, as I said, of looking at the our lives and coming to the conclusion that there's a there's a self that exists independent of the body and the mind. And that deep sleep is it is governed by Tamaguna but it is at the same time the, the, the in one sense the, the closest thing to the bliss of Brahman because ignorance is bliss <laughs> it's true it's actually true it's true um <laughs> And, and and so there's, there's some 
in the words, contentless awareness. It's what 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 that's called in the macrocosm. What the what the, your deep sleep at night is is a microcosm of the macrocosm. What is it called in the macrocosm? Is it, it's it's called the same thing. It's called susupti. Hmm? Susupti, deep sleep. Susupti, susupti is the state in which the jivas leave the material world provisionally, so to speak, by entering back into Mahavishnu. Hmm? So they leave the material world because the material world folds up. <laughs> they don't go out of it by sadhan, but it folds up. It enfolds back into Mahavishnu, and they're just resting there. And the fact that that they're individuals is they're not aware of, and it's just peaceful, and it's um, so there is a, a, a similarity to be drawn, as the chanters say, as as above, so below. So the micro, macrocosm and the microcosm, there's some 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 correspondence. Hmm? It's not that we go to sleep when we become. We enter into susupti or become Brahman realized, but that susupti is very like similar to the Brahman idea. Hmm? Um, it's thought similar hmm? in some ways, but it's the third, not the fourth. So there's there's a significant difference as well. The difference is that there's a, there's a, an awareness of um, and more, but um, but yes. In terms of say making an argument, one dimension is more enriched than the other. Hmm? Uh, I really want to look at just the two ends. I really kind of looked at two ends of the spectrum: the waking state, how impoverished it is, which we can make a good case for, and the mystic state, how rich it is, which we make a good case for. So, and then the mind, of course, I made a case for that also being the, the, the realm of quality and meaning and purpose and so forth. And otherwise, you need some time ago in your life. You need rest. <laughs> you need rest. And if you've been laboring under the dictates of the mind and senses forever, then you could sleep for a long time. That's the that's Susupti in Mahavishnu. Long rest. We'll try again. <laughs> Wake up and try again. But yeah, I mean, it, it's an analogy. It breaks down to some extent. Hmm. We can't make too much of a case. We can make a case for people that that a a a, not, a contentless experience that is restful is arguably more enriched than a state which in which I'm being chased all the time. Hmm? by the demands of my mind and senses and I have no, no time to rest there are demands if, there, if suddenly you were relieved from all the demands of your mind and senses wow hmm? that would be a big relief so you can, you can make I mean it's true that the waking state and the in the, in the waking state and the dreaming state you could be perpetuating the situation in karma. I'm not sure if you can perpetuate karma in deep sleep. <laughs> so, anyway, it's <laughs> the best I can do on that. All right. Shisi Gaurnatananda Kijal. Gaurpremanande.